this week, we are going to be watching Mega Man, Bad Day at Peril Park. You're listening to Amazingly Terrible. This is the podcast that presupposes that plot isn't necessary for entertainment. My name's Adam. I'm Matt. I'm David. So I was... I was going to bring up something, and I, okay. I just want us, because it's just the three of us, I thought maybe we would do, like, a trip down memory lane a little bit. Okay. And I just, I just want to, um, I want to wave my hands in a, in a uh, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do motion. Um, or, or are we going to do the Wayne's World? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But I did it wrong for, for funniness. And for copyright reasons. Yeah, right, for yeah. copyright reasons. <laughs> you know me and my fine legal mind. Um, I'm just going to cast our minds back to... I want to cast our minds back to the first episode. Okay. Of this podcast? Yes, of this podcast. And I want to I ask, have our opinions of um, Thundar and Gem and the Holograms changed? You, you mean based off of what we've seen so far? Yeah, based on the horrors that we have endured... I feel like at the time we were pretty positive about both Thundar and Gem of the Holograms. It's true, we were. I feel like, I feel like we should have been even more positive. Honestly, <laughs> I agree with you. I was just thinking, like, Gem was actually good. It was really fucking good, yeah, compared to the sort <laughs> yeah. of shit we're watching now. Yeah, Gem was very good. Thundar was very good. Yeah. <laughs> like at the time, we were like. Oh, Thundar versus Bravestar. Thundar is much better than Bravestar. Now right, we're looking right. back, I'm like, was Bravestar also good? Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> it was it was very inventive. It was much more inventive than a lot of shows. It was. I will give it, it that. I, it was still bad, just because of all the racism and inherent problematic sexual tropes that kept popping up. So, Jeez, all right, politically correct. <laughs> well, considering it's like... Um, I'm going to go back into Star Trek here really quick, which is one of the things that I always love about Voyager, where they have the uh, <laughs> they have the Native American character in Voyager. The writers famously hired a Native American to help them as a subject matter expert for Native American culture. And the guy was not Native American. He was just some <laughs> schmo that said, oh, yeah, I'm Native American. It was sort of making up a bunch of stuff about Native American culture. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's a very famous thing about about Star, that Star Trek series is they like they, like, they could have just they really shit the bed like really hard because I, I would think that like mm, let's say you know like they had the internet was less well developed at the time but yeah, yeah. you know an hour at the library probably could have taught them yeah yeah that they were doing the thing wrong. I never even really saw Voyager. I think I saw like one or two episodes. Uh, David, you you know this a little bit better than I do. It, it was mm-hmm. it was famously famous. I keep saying famously. The um, that particular series of Star Trek was the one where they were using a lot more of the fan written um, scripts. Right. I remember hearing that. Yeah, they were taking a lot of fan scripts and they were basically like uh, just sort of giving them a quick once over and then punching them up to kind of fit within the. Uh, templates that they have for uh, that particular Star Trek series and they were just sort of running with them and it was 
there were a lot of really bad episodes, but there was actually like a pretty good acting in it. <laughs> I just hated fucking Neelix. I yeah. was like, why? Why doesn't everyone simply murder this thing? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a common lament for fans. Yeah, like why? Why? Why did they create that character? What were they thinking? I guess they were thinking like, well, we we hit it out of the park with Quark. People loved th- that horrible goblin man. Well, and and they might have also been thinking, okay, we have um, for the next generation. They made Wesley specifically to try to ground the the storyline and make a point of entry for viewers. Because a lot of people can view things a little bit more easily through the kids' eyes. That's like just like learning and starting to experience the world of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. He's just learning about his body. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's just he's discovering things that he hadn't known before. I th- I feel like Neelix was like a combination of Quark and Wesley. I think Neelix was an attempt for them to be like, well, we did it with Quark, but he was a horrible racist stereotype. Can we make something that's not a racist stereotype, but is equally annoying? Quark was a horrible racist stereotype that was a honest-to-goodness criminal that really should have been (laughs) sentenced to uh, lifetime in jail. Maybe if we don't do all the bad stuff where we keep all the stuff that was annoying, maybe that just the annoying stuff yeah, but everybody knows that the Quark only worked because Armin Shimmerman was like dead set to redeem the Ferengi uh, people because he was like the the first Ferengi on Star Trek: The Next Generation, mm-hmm. and, and he felt like the Ferengi were so stupid from that episode of Next Generation that he had to do everything he could, pulled out all the stops to try to make the Ferengi like a real solid, proper racial race. stereotype. And then, it, yeah, and then the writer was just like, okay, here's the racial stereotype we want you to go with. And he was like, oh. Mm. Why are we talking about Star Trek? We were talking about... What were we talking about? No, I'm not asking us. I'm saying, fan... like, why, why again are we talking about Star Trek? Well, we, we started off on... Wait, we got to fan right now? No. Oh, the Native American uh, stereotype. From so racism again. Yeah, racism, racism seems to be our favorite subject. From, from Bravestar. Yeah, I kind of feel like it was similar. Like the guys at Rope Rave Star were like, "Hey," just like shouted out their window, the writing room window, like, "Hey, any of you guys uh, Native American out there?" And some homeless dude was just like, "Uh, yeah. You got beer up there? You gonna pay me some money?" Oh, jeez, come on. What do you got going on? Jesus Christ! And it's, and it's just like some white guy from Norway that just got off the boat. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Um. I don't know what to say. <laughs> you got nothing. Is our trifecta on this show, is it racism, capitalism, and hating things? Is that, is that I, I, what we do here? No, I feel like <laughs> I feel like um, sexism should be in there, too, because we do like some things. So racism, <laughs> capitalism, and sexism. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, I, I, to answer your original question, yes, going back, I think Thundar and and uh, Jim and Hologram should actually get a lot more credit than we, we even we gave them because they we did think that they were pretty good episodes. The only problem we had with Thunder was the sound quality. And yeah, that's true. Jim and the Holograms, I think that uh, the only problem we had with it was Jim being a horrible capitalist. So 
<laughs> yeah, and well, the plot was pretty confusing. But honestly, thinking back on it, like they did pretty good with some with a difficult premise. Anyway, yeah, and at least it did have some plot to it. At least like they actually tended to like do oh, yeah. something. Things happened. With it. Yeah, so, yeah. Whereas like some of the Thanks. stuff we were watching recently, it's just sort of like something trivial has occurred that we're going to interact with the end. I mean the plot of this show that we're going to be watching uh this episode Mega Man Trouble at Peril Park or was it Peril at Trouble Park Bad Day at Peril Park Oh, I was way off. <laughs> the plot is that they have discovered where the bad guy is, but they are not there. Yeah. And they have to go there. That's, That's the plot. It. Yeah. Yes. And it's not even like an epic voyage to get there. It's like we have to walk the straight line to get there. We're we have there. to go to an amusement park. Well, let's let's get a little background on the show. Okay. Let's do it, David. Lay it on us, David. Before we get into episode 25 of Mega Man. Mm. So this is a joint Japanese-American production. Yes. Between uh, Capcom and Ruby Spears. Yep. The original yep. pilot, the animation style is a bit uh, more cartoon-like, but they considered that to be too high budget. <laughs> <laughs> okay you mean like it was better animated or it was like more wacky the characters weren't quite as realistically human proportioned ah right right they were stylized more significantly stylized yeah so it probably fit the the video game a little bit better than what we're seeing yeah, here it yeah. did okay. uh you can actually see the pilot in like a advertisement that was sent around to like tv studios to get cool. them to pick up the suit. No, you do not want to watch it. If you think normal, <laughs> if you think normal commercials are annoying, you have not seen like a commercials where it's one corporation talking to another corporation. <laughs> so wow. good. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's Mega Man going over a spreadsheet <laughs> <laughs> with reading glasses on. Yeah, yeah. He's like, well, as you can see from the bottom line. So uh, this actually did really well in the ratings at. Uh, one point, the Nielsen ratings showed it as being the number one weekly children's show. What? Whoa. From 1994 to 1996. Well, not, not during the whole time, but at one point. No, but no, even at one point. Like, thinking of the other cartoons that were, that were playing at that point in time, they were actually visible to people. I mean, I think, no. I think there's, I mean, like, I think there's a real dip here. Like, early 90s, this is a dark age. You think so? Yeah, I feel it's like a desert. I felt like this was the time frame when we were getting like uh, a lot of the Disney cartoons coming. The out. Mask. We got we got oh, Widget the, the World Max. Watcher. Yeah. We got the Mask. We got Highlander. <laughs> these are we, these are weak sauce. These Gargoyle, are weak sauce. And Gargoyles is in there though. Freakazoid was in there. What year is Gargoyles? Uh, ninety four to ninety seven. Okay, that's a little later. Yeah. Freakazoid's ninety five to ninety seven, because this oh, was ninety four. Later, this was ninety four to ninety six, right? Or was it eighty four to eighty six? Yeah, ninety four. Ninety four to ninety six. Okay. Yeah. There are two seasons of the show, and after two seasons of high ratings, it was canceled. As, as you do, yeah. It canceled <laughs> because the toy line wasn't doing well. Yeah, it makes sense. That well, makes sense. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody who had toys. These toys. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, this is a little late for us. Yeah, it is a little bit late, but I mean, also, um, I, I was a pretty big fan of the video games, but I still didn't like have any 
I was not compelled to get the toys at all. I didn't even know this show existed, to be honest. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, Real Monsters was 94 to 97. Okay. Okay. Right. So God. We need a timeline, both of our, sorry, a timeline, both of our uh, one universe theory and of all cartoons, all cartoons. <laughs> all right. I will start working on, on both of those. Yeah, uh, you do that. This, this weekend. I, I didn't have a chance this week to actually like crack down and start up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Adam, we decided that the one universe is getting a little too confusing, so we're going to try to create a visual aid, which I guarantee you I will make just as confusing. So, I, I That's not what I decided. I decided I decided it was starting to really get good, and we needed to get this down on paper so we yeah. could mail it to ourselves and get the patent. <laughs> I, I, just, I still love the fact that, that when we go back and listen to episodes, it's always like, the three of us really getting into the one universe theory and just Mike and Derek in the background going, stop. Can you please just stop already? We don't understand. Or like Derek being like, yeah, oh, this is really good guys. Can we get it over with? <laughs> I proclaim that this is fixed everything in the one universe theory and we can stop, right? Stop. Stop. No, cannot. <laughs> um, David, please, please tell us more about mega mega man. Again, I, I want to watch the cartoon in the yes. intro. Yeah, in the intro, Mega Man is being built out of a 80s anime robot skeleton. Yes. Yes, and, and it looks fucking awesome. Yes. And like almost, and creepy in some places. Yes. Well, that's the that's the 80s anime robot skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> while, while this is happening, the um, I don't think it's the catchiest theme song um oh you didn't like the four words on the theme song the theme song <laughs> that would be like the sound of insanity is playing the entire time it's it's better than spider-man is still better than ultimate spider-man yes yeah uh i think it was better than both of the spider-mans we've seen but it's it's a fast-paced techno it's a, six, it, it's a six second loop yes, yes yes it's a six second loop that plays on repeat very very slowly getting franticer and franticer like it's they more, were one, more frantic they're just changing courts they so. they were they were one second away from heaven they could have gone one second more and then <laughs> frantic not tantric frantic they could they could go into the closet with a i don't know the theme song from carmen san diego and they could make out <laughs> but yes it is um super robot or fighting robot. Super fighting robot. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Super fighting robots. Mega Man. Super fighting robots. Mega Man. Super fighting robots. Mega Man. There's an inherent contradiction just in built into a dichotomy built into the core DNA of Mega Man. And that is that they say, say super fighting robot Mega Man. You, like his name yeah. is already a lie. Yeah. Mega Man. Yes. Yes. And I feel like there's um. It winds up coming up a little bit later on, uh, in in the episode, but when the sister starts talking about all the different robots who are all given the moniker of Man, that's actually all yes. their, their proper name 
this man, um, she actually winds up slipping into men very frequently. Mm. So, so we'll come across Gutsman, and she'll say, oh, it's Gutsman. Maybe, um, I mean, they're robots. There may be thousands of these things, right? Yes. Maybe, maybe Gutsman is not, it's a model line, not mm. an individual. So there are Gutsmen, and mm-hmm. a singular Gutsman is Gutsman. I mean, Interesting. nothing but Guts up in there. So she's all up in the guts <laughs> with the man. We'll get to, we'll get to that, but I do think okay. I do think there's a fundamental question that we have to talk about, which which is what are the robots' place in this society? Yeah, yeah, because they they seem to be considered second class citizens from the um, from the very beginning. From from the little kid with the way that he talks about robots, he talks to Mega Man. It seems like. It seems like the kid is putting himself in an elevated position over them. So yeah, yeah. There's there's an action-packed uh, opening. Evil robots are destroying skyscrapers, and there's one scene in the opening that shows that Mega Man has roguelike absorption powers in the yes. show. Yes, yes. I mean, I that makes sense for the lore. And I believe that he does use it once in this episode. I just I feel like it's important for this particular episode. I kind of feel like it's important to spoil the actual reveal at the end, just to show you how fucking ludicrous the rest of the episode is. The very end? The very end, yes. Okay, what does he want to spoil at the very end? No, no, David, you're in charge. You're in charge of this. (laughs) Take it away from that, man. The show opens on a boy running for his life away from a panzerhund and followed by a group of green make-a-man cosplayers. (laughs) Uh, it is true that robotic dog is significantly cooler than anything else we see in the episode and and i have a a question about that because we only see we see an army of uh mega man cosplayers with only one robot dog aside from was it rusty the uh mega man dog rush rush and And, uh, and and what about the poodle dog that's also a robot and there I guess, and I guess the the robot poodle dog, yeah. But but for the bad guys, they have a legion of henchmen, but only one dog. Okay, for the bad guys, yeah. Why don't they have more than one dog? Okay, behind the scenes, folks, Adam owns like ten dogs. <laughs> I have two dogs. I got a geriatric dog and a young pup. But the um, uh, the the reason why I'm asking this is the robot dog seems to be the most effective out of all of the bad guys, and I feel like they should have had like a ton of robot dogs and just have them overwhelm the city or whatever they're trying to take over. Even though the bags don't seem to really have a motivation here at all, except mm. for just to sort of maybe annoy Mega Man. So, um, well, he wants to make the whole world into robots. Which I can understand that. Does he though? Because he he's not doing that. So yeah, no. What Wiley explicitly states that, and I'd yes. say that this is the episode where he actually tries to do to do it. Okay. Yes, I agree. He explicitly says he wants to turn the whole world into robots. That's his dream. It seems like that's kind of happening anyway, because we're we're opening on a Robo Canine competition. Yes. It's a dog show where all the dogs are robots. Um, yes. Yeah, my question is, are all the dogs robots? Like, 
are there not dogs anymore? Mm. It's a it's a good question. Like you're thinking this is like Android stream of electric sheep kind of territory where like there are literally no animals left and they've replaced them all with um with androids so that they feel better. Like um I'm kind of wondering about that. Yeah. Like a combination of that and uh the actual plot line for Planet of the Apes, where like some disease had killed off all of the pets of the world. Ooh. So we so we made robot pets to replace them, and the robot pets are slowly taking over. I like it. I like this also as the origin of robots. Um, <laughs> they basically view, they basically view like the humanoid robots as like just pets. Oh, nice. <laughs> so in this world, they they think that the the humanoid robots are pets as well. Yeah, basically. So they just, because they made robot, they made dog robots that were pets. So then all robots became pets. And when they made a man robot, he was just a pet. Makes sense. Pet. And, and here's the thing. Now I'm going to be real talk here. I I honestly think that makes a ton of fucking sense. Okay. For tr- for training another organism for how to live and deal with us, having them be a pet is super effective. Most humans know how to like deal with a pet and like tapping into our emotional states, our affections and our annoyances is the best way to train or program a robot or an AI. Mm, interesting. Like I, I don't, th- I don't think that AI is going to like um, take over the world. I think we are going to raise it. Mm. I see. So you think that, that essentially what has, so the current experiments that have been done with AI so far have been to like connect the AI to the internet, and then like after ten seconds it starts yelling racist stuff because the internet's filled with <laughs> assholes. They're just a bunch of trolls that are trying to get people to pay attention to them. So, yes, yeah. so that so the next step with AI is like, okay, we're actually just going to make an AI pet of some type or an AI observer to like have give to somebody that they can carry around and then just observe everyday life and learn from that person. Yeah. I mean, it's more, it's more like, you know, how do you, how do you, um, how do you raise a kid? You don't fucking put them on the internet. No. Yeah. You, you let them watch Sesame street and you play with them a lot. Yeah. We, we need an AI protective services. Yes, mm. we do. To take nice. it, to take the AIs away from these people who are going to like fight them. <laughs> <laughs> you think like AI fights are like going to be the new cock fights or, or dog fights. So, so we need like a, a we need like a PETA for AI, except for PETAs. Actually, not that good. SPCA, I think, is the better. Yeah, I'll do that. SPCA yeah. for for AI. For AI. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think nice. so. Nice. And the easiest way to do that is to have that put them in a form that is appealing to humans' emotions. Like we like cute animals. Yeah. We like cute robots. Put it in a form that elicits our emotions. And then we will we will treat it well and raise it. Interesting. And then that'll create like a duality there too, because then like as we treat it well and raise it, that means that the robots will start to evolve on their own to be like to fit into that niche with humans, the same way that like dogs and cats did. I think at first, but AI is significant. Eventually, will be significantly smarter than dogs and cats. Oh no! Yeah, yeah. So. And then by that point in time, it'll be treating us like pets and then just taking care of us all the time. So then I don't have to worry about going out and cooking every night. They can just give me food. Uh, I mean, I'm happy. Kind, kind of <laughs> like we are sort of raising our parent. Yep. 
Um, <laughs> or or it's even darker, and we're in real Woody Allen territory here. Yeah, like yeah, we're we're raising our our yeah. our future fuck dolls. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> Speaking of real dolls, Mega Man's sister has something to say. Uh, <laughs> okay, David. <laughs> We got off track. <laughs> yeah, we yeah we we cut to a dog show where a robot poodle is doing trapeze work. Yes, Mega Man and Roll have entered Rush into this competition. Her name is Roll. Roll is Mega Man's sister, and Rush is his dog. Okay, Rush and Roll. And yeah, yeah. Mega Mega Man was in, was originally named Rock when he was built. Oh, oh of course. And the Rock and Roll. So but then right. the evil robots arose, and Dr. Light had to give Rock a secret identity of Mega Man to fight the robots. Hmm. Okay, okay. okay. So Rock is, <laughs> so, he, has, yeah, yeah. he has his secret identity. <laughs> Interesting, as a robot. Rush trips over his own feet and makes a fool of himself in front of the judges. Rush is a real piece of shit. And when, when they're announcing the show, for, for the dog show, they're announcing the name of the dog. And that the dog is being operated by their owner. Yes, oh, yes, owned and operated. Yes, <laughs> owned and operated by. So, the first question I have is: Are these dogs remote control? And if they're remote controlled and they're being operated, then does that mean that Russ has nothing? I'm sorry, Rush think... has nothing to really be a, be sorry for. It's actually Mega Man who should be controlling him better. No, I mean, I think it's that they were programmed, right? And that yeah. Mega Man did a very shitty job of programming Rush. Gotcha. And well, so that's why he's mad at the end. Well, Rush was programmed by Dr. Light, but it does that, that 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 is a question about the other dogs and whether or not they're actually remote controlled. Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think it's, you could, I mean, in this world, you can teach an old dog new tricks by just adding more programming. <laughs> <laughs> I still kind of wrapped up on this whole rock and roll thing. The fact that Mega Man's secret identity you never see because it's always Mega Man. Was that from the games or was that just from the show? In the game, he's Rockman in the Japanese version. Mm. Oh. Okay. And when they brought it over, they translated it and made, made him Mega Man. And okay. then the show did some weird thing in the first episode. To try to unify the, the, the lore. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Way to iron that out, writers. <laughs> so this writing room was just all over the place. Basically. Great work. So the boy, if you remember the first scene from 20 minutes ago, <laughs> <laughs> the boy arrives yelling for help, and there's a pointless not believing a kid scene. Yes. Yeah. Then yeah. the robots show up and start firing indiscriminately into the crowd. Yes, and people flee. I think that there was, uh, there was a line in here where Roll says to Mega Man about the kid, his over he has over imagination circuits, right? Or his imagination circuits are overloading, mm -hmm. is what she said. And I, I couldn't tell okay. if, if she was being literal, like, oh, this kid is also a robot, or if she was just sort of using some sort of robot lexicon in order to try to be funny. But I'm assuming now it's a ladder, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't think she's being funny. I think they just have a different vernacular than humans. You know, like humans would be like, "Oh, you're you're being you're you're being overheated," or or you're you're overreacting to things. 
Yeah, yeah. Said so he has, um... or that your humors are out of balance. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, this idea. Yeah. So this is like normal humans are like studying. Like that boy's way too sanguine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're studying yes, like is. medieval medicinal practices while they have yeah. robots running around. <laughs> yeah, they they're gonna have to bleed that kid and get rid of his yellow bile. Oh, oh, Rob, you are way too flimmy. You need to go spend yeah. some time out in the sun. <laughs> Meanwhile, like the the robots, just they have all computer metaphors for how they work internally. <laughs> so, so on this track, the boy says that the robots are actually people, and so. <gasps> And so Mega Man can't directly shoot back at them. Yes. Right. Instead, he's forced to blow up a bridge that they're crossing. Yes. <laughs> that it's, randomly and, appears in the scene. Yeah. And just send them flying in multiple directions. Yes. Yeah. This bridge is over a foot of water, but <laughs> the force of the explosion throws them off screen in multiple directions. <laughs> so, um, so I can't shoot them, but I can cause an explosion large enough to liquefy their insides from the concussive force. Yes. <laughs> and it's Roll's turn for some problematically dated hijinks. Yes. Yeah, this this is the problem that I had here. And I, I didn't realize that she was a robot at first. Because um, she <laughs> very much looks like a human with a cybernetic arm. Yeah. Or or like a yeah, like a human with like a, a cybernetic arm or a cybernetic gauntlet that is uh acting as like a hand or something. But she she chooses her weapon of choice to fight the robots. Which is which, an easy-bake oven. Which is an easy-bake oven with <laughs> with burnt potatoes in it. So not only is she, like, horribly stereotyped as a domestic, they're also calling her a slob because she just has burnt well, potatoes inside her. Well, they're calling her bad her. at it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so she, she instead transforms her arm into a hockey stick and hits the rock-hard potatoes at her enemies. It drives them away and, and manages to, in the same process, uh, she hits one of the pucks so hard that it cuts off one of their belts. <laughs> okay. this, is, this is some flimsy-ass belts. <laughs> in the battle of belt versus potato. This is some flimsy-ass writing. What are you talking about? <laughs> in, battle of in, belt versus potato. Yeah, in the, in the epic war that we all knew was going on under our noses. <laughs> the battle between belt and potato. Which is actually true, because the more potato I, I eat, the less... <laughs> Especially the French fried potatoes. Mm. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's an ancient war. Uh, this is when they, they inspect the belt and they see that uh, it has a driver's oh. license in it. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's at this point I'm wondering if the bad anatomy is driving Matt crazy. Um, they were pretty off model. I would say the thing that really drove me crazy about the character design of Mega Man is um, it's, I mean, Mega Man, more like Mega Eyebrows. <laughs> so you don't care about like, you don't care about their musculature or like any of the anatomical things no, that you've studied are... over your entire life. It's the eyebrows. They're freakishly heavy. <laughs> so you don't care about the poor height continuity or that the... Uh... The head is like a third of the body. No, I mean, they do that They do that throughout this episode. Like, where did that bridge come from? Yeah. Did we see that bridge before ever? Why are they crossing it? 
there's always just like whatever they need is right off screen. You you don't care that the boy is drawn in the Renaissance style of just drawing an adult but shorter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, his charoscura is all askew. The kid is jacked. Yeah, and he's his collar is popped all the all the time. Yeah, well, it's kind of like a Mandarin collar, isn't it? Really no, like, no, uh, I think he's. I think he's a Chad. You think he just, yeah, he pops it up. Yeah. Nice. Well, th- this is the point where I want to spoil the the ending here. <laughs> okay. Just kind of, I kind of feel like it, it. It shows just how how ludicrous this whole thing really is. In the end, we find out that Doctor Wiley is not actually turning humans into robots. He's merely making them think. That they are robots, so he is he is basically like mind controlling all the humans, forcing them to think that they're robots, and then putting them in robot armor and sending them out in the world. Yeah, but like, what is like the difference, man? Think so about he's turning it. them into metaphorical robots, not literal. Robots. The difference is one of the people that he convinced to be a robot, who was like, "Oh yes, bleep bloop, I'm a robot." Bleep bloop. They put armor on the dude, and he was like, oh, hold on a second, I need my driver's license. And pulls his driver's license out and puts it in the belt. You don't store your driver's license in your belt? I have a special slot in my belt for my driver's license. <laughs> well, you, you famously wear a utility belt wherever you go, so you have your... Yes. You have your matarangs, your matarangs, the little M's that you throw out mm-hmm. to yes. get people's attentions. I have um, one of those hooks for a carpenter's hammer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A ball um, peen hammer. Uh, surprisingly enough, though, you actually just kill, you just hold like a 10 inch dildo in there. But that's, you know. <laughs> it, that's it, a low blow. They're, they're, both, they're both very useful. I'm not, I think we could have gone a better direction with this. <laughs> I'm tired. It's been a long week. I keep my oil slick in there so yeah. that if I'm ever like, uh, like Spy Hunter, so cars can't chase me. And, uh, and you I also have away. your you also have your smoke bombs, but but mm-hmm. we do know that they're pot smokes. So when you throw them down, you don't <laughs> want to leave. You just want to hang out. You just want to hang out and chill with the bad guys. You just yeah yeah. It just diffuses the whole situation. Really, is what it comes down to. So. Really, like when you see my belt come off, it's going to be a party, guys. <laughs> One way or another, it's going to be a good time. We're gonna, <laughs> the fucking potatoes are going down. <laughs> Mega Man decides to head over to the amusement park to stop Dr. Wily from turning people into robots. But mm-hmm. one of the cosplayers is hiding behind a tree, and he reports back to Dr. Wily that Mega Man is walking over here. Yeah, in the most outrageous <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn, New York accent. There, there, are some, uh, there are some crazy accents in this, um, mm-hmm. which, I, which I really do enjoy. Um, but, but yeah, the, the part that we were uh, that we we didn't get was the kid tells Mega Man, "Oh, this all happened at an amusement park that just opened up. Everybody's over there. My parents are there. They've been turned into robots. We got to go check it out." The thing that got me in this scene was that the reason that they knew that a robot didn't need a driver's license is that Roll says we are programmed to drive any vehicle. As yes. we are programmed to command all human knowledge, perform any medical technique, etc. Well, <laughs> well, there's going to be, you know, smart cars before robot dogs. So what you think is the smart car, the smart car training 
has basically just been upgraded to dog, which then gets upgraded to human to human robots, to man shaped yeah. robots. So man bots. So all of the robots. Some out there draw that evolution chart. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. yeah. So all the humanoid robots basically have that initial vehicle training from way back in the day. That's good. I like that. I like that. Um, I also like like when... oh they have like genetic memory in the same way that yeah. you know you have the memory of all your ancestors. That is not true, listeners. It's bullshit. Watch, watch Infinity Man, starring Marky Mark. Don't do it. <laughs> Um, but it, it, for robots, it could be true. They have like all their legacy code. Yeah, yeah, I like that idea a lot. Which means, at some point in time, they actually have like the Alexa code in there as well. Yeah. So I mean, so I think I think probably nobody's allowed to name their kids Alexa in this world because if they then right. so, so if somebody's like, "Hey Alexa, come over here," they may need to like stop, and, like perk up, and go over and like. Right. God damn or it. you could de- you could defeat any robot by just saying Xbox off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but I also like the idea that like if they uh, came into contact with any old antiquated technology, they'd have to like boot into a lower operating system. Mm, gotcha. Like they'd have they'd have to like be like, oh Jesus, a doorknob? Fuck! I gotta go. Like I gotta I gotta boot Mega <laughs> Mega Man nine point seven. Give, give me a second. I gotta partition off this part of my hard drive so I can start running this ancient <laughs> right. script without interfering with the rest of my. I need to run a, run a fucking virtual machine in Windows ninety eight in order to operate <laughs> this doorknob. Fucking doorknob. Who builds a doorknob nowadays? I mean, really. <laughs> Really? I'm just mad because I basically have to shut down for five hours to fucking do this. <laughs> I like that a lot. I like uh, that. And you know the minute the minute I boom up there beat up, there's gonna be a firmware update. <laughs> <laughs> I what what I also like about this moment, it kinda of clarified a bunch of things because it does reveal that role is in fact a robot because she says we are all programmed. All of us robots are programmed to drive any vehicle, something like that. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Which means that she was programmed to be a horrible cook. Um, not well, a horrible <laughs> cook, but like a, a horrible stereotype of a bad domestic, basically. Like, why? Why doesn't she have a gun hand and go out and start roughing up the bad guys? Or why? Why doesn't she just like have some other means of doing it besides just saying like, "Oh, I'm a bad cook. I'm gonna use my bad cooking to kill people." I mean, I mean, she seems to have whatever hand she wants. She has a vacuum hand. She has a, um, a batting batting machine gun hand. She has a, yeah, she has a vacuum hand. She has a um, hockey hand, a hockey stick hand, an easy bake oven hand. I'm pretty sure those are all the hands that I saw. You know, I had hockey hand in high school. You remember when I missed all that school? So now Dr. Light is flying Mega Man Roll kid and rush in a four-door sedan helicopter yes a small yeah. one it's and a then, compact so then uh Ringman shows up and attacks them i felt like this was the beginning of the very serious puns yes yeah. i think it was and i feel like this was the action quips i feel like this was like the beginning of the end honestly it wasn't good, but um, the scene, there was, like, I, as I told you before we started, there was one scene to which I just, this all turned around for me, and I was on board. But this isn't it. it, it you see, like, you see um, 
Mega Man surfing around on on Rush. Yeah. And it and it yeah. really is like, ooh, what's cooler than surfing? Skateboarding. We don't have skateboards though, so we're gonna have him sort of skate around on these rings that make absolutely no sense whatsoever. Well he he gets knocked off Rush and he lands on Ringman's rings. Yeah. That's how cool he is. It, it, it's it's absolutely ludicrous because also Ringman is like he's throwing rings or he's like shooting rings, multiple rings at a time. They just seem to be traveling in a straight line, except for these two rings that make a U-turn and kind of fly around as, as if they're going to be like a boomerang or something. As I recall, the rings came back to Ringman. Is that am I misremembering that? I think no. I was about to conflate it with uh, Woodman. Because there was a character that... You're, you're always conflating wood. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. Uh, but but Woodman, he had a, a power where he had um, leaves, like this ring of leaves that would flow uh, around yeah. him. And then he can like shoot the, the ring of leaves out or keep it around him as like a, a shield. His armor. Yeah. 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 Mm. So, and wasn't there a boomerang man? There was a boomerang sure. man. There absolutely was. Okay. Moving on, David. Yeah. So Mega Man knocks out Ringman's hover car, and Ringman splashes down into the water, where he has very poor antenna continuity. Yes. Yes. The helicopter goes on to land in the parking lot of Fun World. So we're at Fun World. There's a large gate where everyone enters the park through a kangaroo pouch. Cool. Mega Man's plan is to ride all the rides until someone tries to turn them into robots. Yeah. Well, he says that the way Wily's got it rigged, you have to ride. You have to ride all the rides in sequence. Yes. Oof. The the perfect way to design an amusement park. So there's there's this woman wearing an abomination of an outfit. Ah, uh, she was my favorite. Yeah. Including a cooking apron with a kangaroo face on it. She's like an old school cigarettes girl. She's yeah. like selling yeah. cigarettes yeah. and candy. Yeah, she has yeah, she, a tray and she's passing out uh, souvenir rings from it. Free ones. I feel like they really missed a um, an opportunity here to actually just have Ringman giving out the rings in a costume. And then they could have actually had Ringman doing something else in the show rather than just like flying a helicopter and crashing it. No, because it or is that too short? The show would have imploded underneath the puns. <laughs> yeah, and then a little too on the they nose. would okay. they would all be married to Ringman, not mm-hmm. married to Doctor Wiley. Oh, do you think that's what this is? This mm-hmm. is like a, a polyamorous. Um, this is a mass wedding. This is this is like Wiley's. Uh, uh, cult, where he's just getting every woman in the cult to marry him. Yes. Well, getting he's everybody marrying, he, in, the, in the cult to marry him. All the he's marrying, are. he's symbolically marrying everyone in his new cult. Yes. Excellent. They they all turn down the rings. First, we meet the real heroes of the story. Uncredited female fun world patrons number one and two. <laughs> <laughs> a blonde and a brunette. Yes, yes one has yes. short black hair and hoop earrings. And the other looks like a young kitty from that 70s show. Nice. Yes. They each put on a souvenir ring on the hand closest to the other one and hold up their hand as if to admire their own ring, but they're really looking at the other one's hand. Mm-hmm. They're best friends. I, yeah. I wish I had a relationship like that. So we move on to the, the Mega Man group, and the boy turns down the ring because pretty rings are for girls. Yes. Well, he, he says it's not my style. And Professor Light can't fit the ring over his giant fingers. Yes. This is the reason why I had a problem with Ringman in the first place. Mm. Is sending Ringman by himself out to confront Mega Man on his way to Peril Park 
basically sets the entire group on edge. If the entire group was not on edge, the kid may have taken a ring. Or they might have gotten into the rings a little bit more readily, and they would have been able to, Wiley would have been able to control them sooner. Yeah, it would have been a much more interesting episode had they, like, put on the rings. Yes. And been mind-controlled. And had to overcome that in some fashion, yes. Not a great episode, but a more interesting episode. Well, it would add add a little bit more plot to it, so. Well, only two of them are human, so. But that would have been interesting, too. Like, what what would the mind-control device do to a robot? Would it make them think they're human? Or would it make them think they're even more robots? Yeah, we make them double robots. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I have to assume that the Ringman episode was just unrelated. Ringman isn't working for Dr. Riley. Oh. He's just like always flying around in a helicopter in that area. So if you transition across the dotted line from that city to the amusement park, you're always going to have a random encounter. You're going to have to face up Ringman, I guess. Okay. Yeah. All right. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot, actually. That kind of fits in a little bit better with the Ringman, too. Go ahead, David. Okay. So then two oddly bow-legged mascots jump out at them. Guys. Yep. This is the scene. This is the scene? This is where I brought it back for you? <laughs> yeah. A duck and a kangaroo with a pouch joy. <laughs> yeah. They start doing a dance, but Rush immediately growls and attacks them, tearing the tail off of the kangaroo. And immediately, as soon as they reveal the ass of the wearer. Of Gutman. Gutsman. Mega Man identifies him. Yeah, I know that ass anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It is seared into my brain. Yes. And my couch. (laughs) So we know it's it's Gutsman, and then... (laughs) As, and, the, as the amazing cherry on top of the cake, yes. they turn out a diminutive character is in the pouch, pouch of the costume that Gutsman is wearing, and it's Cutman, and he's doing a terrible Ervillisance yes, uh, yes. accent, and it is so yes. insulting on so many levels <laughs> and so wonderful. <laughs> And I'm here to get my cut too. Yes. <laughs> cut man. <laughs> he starts shooting scissors off the top of his head. Yeah. Uh, cut man is my favorite character. He's great. He's, well, he's just ripe for all the puns. So <laughs> they're all ripe for puns. Uh, well, that is true. That is true. Uh, Which happened? Yeah, Mega Man is dodging scissors, and Cut Man targets the monorail track above him. And this is when I feel like we get into a a characteristic of Mega Man that I think is going to probably be pretty prevalent throughout anything else we see him in. Mega Man hates doors. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He and uh, the God, the bad guy from Carmen San Diego. He and Maelstrom went to the same door school or or again like this just prevents him having to um boot into a lower operating system that's true that's what it is <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah yeah the uh, yeah the tram car is falling towards mega man and he blasts a hole in the bottom of the car yeah so that when it falls on him he's inside of it yeah yeah, yeah. and uh in this instance he does walk out of the door because that is funnier yeah yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Unlike everyone who was riding in that tram car. <laughs> they're all dead. Well, they're all yeah. dead. Yeah. <laughs> really, he should have walked out like drenched in blood. Yeah. I really feel As like they... multiple times in this episode, there are instances where dozens of people get killed all at once and nobody bats an eyelash. <laughs> yeah. Or should have been killed. <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, Roll confronts the duck mascot who takes off his costume and declares that he is hard man. He is a hard man. Yes. And this, this is the point th- where I have wh- to stop the episode and let out all the giggles. <laughs> let out all the giggles. I see. This is the part uh, where I had to rewind and be like, what the fuck did he? Did he what? He's, he's what? He's hard man? <laughs> well, hard man did exist in the game. So, How do you shoot uh, hard at people? <laughs> Mega Man's like, oh, of, of course that's hard man. That's. I, I absorbed his his uh, his powers right after uh, uh, <laughs> recognized Gutsman. Yeah, <laughs> Hardman and Gutsman. There's ugh. yeah, it's too easy. It is. It is. And and Hardman has the weirdest fucking design too, because he basically has like he's basically a barrel with like a exhaust port coming out of where his taint should be. Yes, and he has like a a manny faces from He Man style head kind of look, yeah, yeah. But in 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 the meantime, he looks he really looks like he's just like a giant fat guy with a cuega. It's just bad. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, sound that's a that's a. I mean, I'm gonna put that on uh, my dating profile. <laughs> I've just a uh, giant. Bad guy with a cloaca. <laughs> Looking for love. <laughs> it's great because it'll weed out anyone who knows what a cloaca is. <laughs> oh, goodness. And this is when we get another uh, uh, stereotypical trope for Roll, where she pulls out a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, he throws Roll into a milk can carnival game. Mm-hmm. And- and she uh, sucks up a bunch of tennis balls with her vacuum attachment arm. Yeah, and they're clearly like tennis balls, not baseballs. <laughs> clearly tennis yeah. balls, yes. Then oh, she goes from suck to blow and starts shooting tennis Jesus. balls at Hardman. Yes, uh-huh. yes. Yeah. Most most bounce off his armor, but the last one hits him in the face. It, it seems to yeah. hurt him. It's a we crazy see- scene. You at home should definitely do a search for a woman shoots tennis balls at Hardman video. I think you'll be surprised by what you see. Yeah. For, for better results, use Bing. <laughs> and make sure the safe search is off. No, and, and I think that the funny part here is the uh, the blatant uh, baseball pun that she throws out there, despite the fact that she was shooting tennis balls. I don't remember well, what the baseball pun was. I just remember that it was there. At this point, <laughs> there's basically like a pun every or, or every other line. Yes, if, yes. Of the, of of the remaining part of the episode, there's a pun, more or less, every other line. Yeah. The the fight picks up between uh, Cutman, Gutsman, and Mega, Mega Man. Man. Yeah, back to the other fight, and Gutsman hurls Mega Man onto a roller coaster car, and the seat bar locks him into place. Yeah, and then yes. immediately Gutsman is at the control panel starting the ride. Yeah. Yes. And as he's clicking up the first hill... Cutman destroys the track of the next hill. This seems like a serious continuity area. It didn't really make sense what happened. Like you yeah. just see cut like the scissors yeah. snap like snap everywhere, but it was not really clear that it falls down. 
Yeah. Cut yeah. man to commercial. The last bit of track goes upward, so the car launches into the sky. Yes. Mega Man grabs an overhead cable and zips lines the car over to the log flume. Well, th- Meanwhile, this is, all the this other is cars such a... just fall, just fall to their death. Yeah, just just fall and kill everybody below them. But it's, it's such a weird animation sequence that they're very short, like they're very specific to animate. Where he like pulls his shoulders up through the the bar that comes down over the neck, for um, you know he's, he's running a roller coaster, oh. so there's that security bar, and he wiggles mm-hmm. his way out of it to get his arms up inside the harness. And then every other shot after that, his arms are outside the harness. So Did why it take you right out of it? it actually, did. <laughs> <laughs> like as soon as I saw that, I was like, "What the? Why did they animate that? If they were just going to immediately switch back, what was the point of that animation at all?" There's probably a whole scene missing, you know. Well, there there may have been, but I think there was actually more just like, "Oh, we were going to animate this sequence." like this but we ran out of time so we're just going to do it real quick this way maybe i think it's more just like the there's tons of weird continuity errors in this show like they clearly like epirus you know animated it in pieces and didn't really like so they had like three different animation teams they just were squishing it together you know there was a lot that's what i would guess project good project management in there i guess i mean it's not that hard you just be like okay well here's all the scenes this team works on this scene and this team works on this scene but then you have one of the animators that's like no 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 i this isn't gonna work i need to actually do it like this it has to be done like this let's uh we we have to animate him getting out of the harness because otherwise it's not actually gonna fit with the way physics works so i'm just gonna animate it this way real quick my boss is gonna see that that's the way it should be when he sees it He's not just going to squish it with everything else. He's going to want to redo all the animation once he sees how good my animation is. Well, I think the honest fact is that if you're an animator in Korea and you do that, they just take you out into the street and shoot you. What? Yeah. Whoa, no, they whoa. don't. You think these are animated in North Korea? <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. That's the reason why there's no green in this. Green is too expensive <laughs> to import into North Korea. Yeah. Pyongyang, they, they used to replace green with gray. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. So the roller coaster car jumps the flume track and starts skidding along the sidewalk. And Mega Man is yelling at people to jump out of the way. Yeah. Oh. Instead of, say, doing anything. Well, he's still locked into the car. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, something that was designed to hold a human. Gutsman and Cutman have stopped paying attention long ago and are gloating about how they killed Mega Man when the roller coaster car runs them over. Yeah. Yeah. The way you do. Yeah. It, this is all like very convenient physics put together, too. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. None of it makes well, this, none of this, nothing in this episode makes a lot of sense. It, yeah. It doesn't. I mean, it, if you think about the physical space, it doesn't make a lick of fucking sense. Yeah. Um, but uh, who cares? Moving on. Yeah, speaking of not making sense, the next scene takes place in the destroyed tram mm-hmm. with, oh, with yeah. the uh, Mega Man gang riding it. Yep. Well, they're yep. in a new one. They get a new one. Yes. Yeah, why the hell is the park still open? Why are these trams still running? Right. Yes, yes. Well, I imagine they can run anything that's, like, on the other side of that break in the monorail. They can run the, like, 
They just slowly like pushing all the cars that were running they on still, it. They could still run the counterclockwise track. Yeah, and I think that's actually what they're doing. Is yeah, they're just continuously running the counterclockwise track until they. Build D- stuff despite the cars. fact that this theme park is designed to be linear and you linear. can't skip ahead. Exactly. Well, you have to. You have to come back somehow. <laughs> yeah, you come back by going to the last ride, and it takes you. Well, no, you, you back to the entrance. You go through the last ride, you get back on the monorail and come back. But since mm-hmm. nobody gets off the last ride, it doesn't really matter. Oh, good point. And here's here's the other part that's completely ludicrous. When the gang go to rescue Mega Man from inside of the roller coaster, they run up and say, like, are you okay? And Mega Man comes out and he's like, yes, I'm perfectly fine. Now we know that Wily is here. Now we have a course of action. It's to just think- follow the linear path that Wily has actually designed for us to follow and watch us the entire time. Right. Huzzah! And, yeah. Yeah, and the whole time they're like... Uh, they're like, well, it could have been worse, you know. At least, the, at least they don't know we're here. And I'm like, fucking, you yeah. run into everybody. And how the fuck do they not know that you're here? They like, clearly know that you're there. There are, if yeah. They, and if this is a linear, like, set of rides, why are you consulting the brochure to figure out which one you go on next? Yeah. <laughs> well, in the same way that you like, you know, when you're at a play and you look at the playbill and you're like, oh, yeah, Act Two, okay. Just want to look ahead a little bit. Mm. And yeah, so I was yeah. like, "Oh, um, where are the churro stands and also the bathrooms?" Because mm. I gotta take yes. an, I gotta take an oil break here at some point in time. Yeah. Let me read about the uh, Broadway career of this B-list actor. You go to a better place than I do. <laughs> did Did you know that the Big Bad Wolf is based off of the tale of Finnerer and how he brought about Ragnarok? That's crazy. Okay. All right, let's write so... the Big Bad Wolf next. Anyway. Oh. Dr. Wiley is tracking them on the park video surveillance system. Right. And he just decides to activate a ride that is like calves on the end of arms spinning around a central pillar. Mm -hmm. And here's the crazy part. Yeah, these calves are like UFO shaped. Yeah, They're they're UFO shaped, but when they show you the calves and they introduce the calves, you hear a ton of little kids like joyously laughing as if they're enjoying Mm -hmm. this ride. You can see there are people in these things. There are people inside of these UFOs. And it sounds like kids having a good time. And then they just detach from the arms and fly off. But like, as UFOs, they actually have engines to fly. Mm -hmm. And they also have guns, and they go and start shooting the tram. And uh, Mega Man blows another hole in the tram. Yeah, in the roof. And uh, pops out and starts shooting them. It starts, it yeah, them all down. out. Yeah. It starts murdering kids. Just blam, blam. Yeah, including an action-packed scene where one of them flies into a tunnel uh, after the train, and he blows it up inside the tunnel, and an explosion uh, uh, comes out all around him as as he um, explodes down the monorail track. And he says the best line in, that I've ever heard. He says. Thanks, Doctor Wiley. It's been a joy sticking it to you. Jesus fucking wept. And it, it's and so it, beautiful. And it only really works because Doctor Wiley was using a joystick. How bad would Mega Man have felt if Doctor Wiley was actually just using like a mouse and keyboard? Yeah, he was using like a lever. Yeah, or a dead it, man switch. I feel like he would have just had egg all over his face. They would call him Eggman. <laughs> okay. Jesus. 
<laughs> like like with two big uh, like lopsided yokes over either eye that were exactly. kind of pointing up, pointing off in different directions. Exactly, exactly. I'm Eggman. <laughs> I'm the Walrus. That's my, that's my secret secret identity. Eggman. <laughs> I so, am ecstatic to meet you. I don't go. This near is exciting. <laughs> Uh, I'm only mad because my jokes are bad, but those jokes are bad. No, these (laughs) jokes are really bad. (laughs) All right. So then Wiley increases the the, the tram's speed, trying to derail it. Mm -hmm. So Mega Man now opens the side door and pushes everyone out of the tram. Yeah, they all like kind of calmly walk out of the tram. Um. And they seem to fall for a long ass time. Yeah, this yeah. is this is like a raised monorail. Yep. Well, you so. said he pushes open the side door because he actually blasts open the side door. It has a boom. does he? Yeah, you you hear like the bang and like. Well, like he hates doors. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important to highlight that. Uh, yeah. So luckily, they, everyone lands in a snowbank. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, everybody knows cushioning... this. Snow is super soft, especially when it's set yeah. up like permafrost. Yeah. Well, it, um, you can survive anything if you jump out of you know any height into water. You'll you'll survive, and snow is just water. No, no, you're right. Like any state if you of think water, about it, if it's yeah. if it's frozen water, if it's evaporated water, if yeah. If you fall into a cloud, yeah. If it's yeah, if yeah. it's like an actual like plasmid sure yeah. yeah yeah if it's a plasma yeah um, like if it's the state of water that is as it exists on the sun in which the particles are moving out all in random order and recombining exactly exactly yeah it's perfect so this is uh the snow mountain ride that the Mega Man gang was heading to and for a brief moment we see our two heroes riding a bobsled together along along a track <laughs> they go into a cave and a and a yeti leaps out in front of them there's a hard cut while the while the two of them scream implying they're either being attacked or they've run down the snow beast in their speeding bobsled the two adventure park one adventure park two characters so mega man and crew are climbing the side of the mountain and walk into this cave yeah that has a uh a, a ride track on it yeah yep i the Yeti jumps out to scare Rush, and uh, and he again because, proves that he's a little bitch. Well, he's a robot dog. He doesn't quite grasp the subtleties between robots and animatronics. Yeah, it's true. That's true. I mean, how it's true? How freaky would that be, like as a human, to have somebody that was like catatonic, basically, or like a. Somebody that might be like brain dead, a or zombie. coma, or like it's yeah, a zombie jumping out at you. Yeah, because animatronics have got to be like the zombies of robots, the robot world, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's an existential kind of uh, horror yeah. that he's experiencing. <laughs> so I, I think that his fear is really warranted. I feel like uh, yeah, Mega Man and, and uh, Roll are just being a little too blasé about it. Yeah, I mean, like a to a to a to a robot, this is like a mindless eldritch terror yeah. uh, that uh, the robot H.P. Lovecraft wrote. The racist robot H.P. Lovecraft wrote. Hard man and Proto Man arrive in a bobsled heading the wrong way down the track. 
I know. They should have murdered those two women. <laughs> you think that they that that action would have killed them? They didn't join this track upstream. They would. This was actually just one track, and they plowed yeah. right through those women. Yeah, yeah, that would have been well, exciting. Well, they returned later in the episode. I know. So, uh, after some sparring and some bad hard puns, <laughs> yeah. he's the original hard buddy. Yeah. Megaman yes. shoots Hardman in the mouth, and he explodes into pieces. Yeah. The 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 face is Hardman's weak spot. Yeah, yeah. Which is proven twice now. So like Hardman seems to be incredibly ineffective because all he really needed to do was just get like a faceplate to protect or his a, face, or a helmet, or something, or or star in the first half of the movie face off. You think he would have? <laughs> If they just yeah. removed his face, he would have been, yep. like, impervious. Yep. He would have oh, been fine. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Well, and when he gets, when he blows up, he does literally get blown to bits because there's just a bunch of hard body debris laying in front of Mega Man. Yeah, debris that he uses later. Go, go on, yeah, that, David. Yeah, yeah. Proto Man takes his turn to attack Mega Man, and Mega Man's cannon fizzles out. Yes. Yes. So he uses his absorption power to get Hardman's power, which creates extra fists. Mm -hmm. Yes. We had a question about that a little bit earlier. And yeah, Matt, you are right. It was actually a fist. The problem was uh, I, I watched. No, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. Now just say it again. Matt. Slowly. You were right. Yeah, that's right. Yes. It's like a... Oh, good. <laughs> and... The. It, my my heart my heart cockles are so warm now. Oh, are they? Nice. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I had cockle reduction surgery on them. Just I I they were they would get cold and you know they're you too know big. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, my a, cockles are too big. It's it's a too Jesus. much to warm your your big cockles. Well, so. it was affecting my back. Like yeah, I had to yeah. get them reduced. Yeah. I understand. Don't want those future lower back problems. Yeah. When I was watching this before, I was just watching it on my phone. So I think I've seen this like three or four times on my phone now, and I'm just now like playing through it in the background on my computer. So I'm seeing a little bit better. Also, I do have to admit, I fell asleep the first two times I watched this. So I didn't remember the end of the episode. <laughs> I was like, how the fuck did it end? Yeah, exactly. Mega Man shoots some fists to knock out Proto Man. Mm hmm. And then he doesn't use Hardman's power anymore. Well, and, and here's the thing about the video That's game. That's true. Is in the video game, you were always trying to find the next robot's power because I helped you defeat the robot that followed. So you had to, like, the, in the original game, you had to beat, like, the bad guys in a, specific, in a specific order. Or it made the level easier or possible. Like, there were yeah. some parts of levels you would hit that you couldn't solve without a particular weapon. Yeah, exactly. So, but sorry. it's it's different in the TV show though. Like it's dangerous if you absorb Hardman's power and it lasts for more than four hours. Mm -hmm. You need to seek medical help if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> it's called <laughs> I don't even know. Um, is that what it's called? No, it's uh Priapus. Priapus. Um yeah, and I knew him in high school. And the problem is also if you, as soon as you get Hardman's powers, you just want to sit in a in a clawfoot bathtub overlooking a lake next to uh, somebody else in a clawfoot bathtub. 
What the just, fuck are you talking about? Just is that what I, you I, think I, sex is? No, it's it's the <laughs> advertisements for like Cialis. From yeah. Back oh, in the day. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had, I had to get get that from the context, but yeah. Yeah. But, um, well, they really cornered that elusive two, two, two freestanding bathtub market. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's Fucking... the it's the best way to make love to your spouse. To this your is a drug for the for the one percenters. Jesus. <laughs> and this this actually uh, comes up on one of my favorite scenes. Well, the next scene is the the yet returns. Roll is like ignored. It's fake. Yeah. This is the first time we've actually gotten a good look at the yeti. It, it, like, grabs mm -hmm. the kid and tries to run away. And when they grab you with those metal claws, you can't break free because they're made of metal and robots are strong. Roll shoots it with, like, a light bulb or Christmas tree ornament. Yeah, it was like a light... I thought it was a light bulb. It was crazy. And the, and the Yeti's face was ripped open, and Mega Man is like, I'd know that mouth anywhere. <laughs> Guts Man! Guts Man! <laughs> That's sensual, succulent. So you think that Gutsman actually is, has like a relationship with Mega Man? No, I think or that Mega Rock. Man objectifies him. It's disgusting. <laughs> Mega Man, like as Rock, as Rock, Mega Man is really all up in the guts. Jesus Christ! Oh, <laughs> moving on. Um, <laughs> I, th I just I feel like we just need to embrace the horrible like puns and sexual innuendo of this particular show and just go uh, <laughs> sure we should lower ourselves to their level <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> like batman into a vat of acid um uh well anyway uh gutsman is successful in stealing away Derek. oh Wait, is that the, his name the kid's name was Derek. Yeah. oh man oh we could have had so much fun I kind of I need to go back. I think his name was Derek. Why didn't Derek show up today? He could totally broke in the fourth wall or something. Getsman's feet turn into skis and he skis down the mountain. The way you do. So Rush has to turn into a snowmobile so that the rest of the Mega Man game can give chase. And they they are like adamant they have to get the kid back. It's it is a high paced, very quick like chase scene dandel chase scenes that suddenly ends at the dock and instead of trying of or how he's going to go after those pursuers mega man immediately stops and says oh i need to put on my aquatic gear time out yeah time out good guys i gotta go make a uh, uh costume change yeah yeah we, we we reach the dock and we see the last ride which is a creepy castle in the middle of a lake there are wide dragon-themed boats taking people across the water. And we see our heroes, the true heroes, once again. Yeah. Getting freaked out by the ghostly castle. Yeah, they yes, love scary stuff. Clinging to each other in fear and excitement. Yes. <laughs> One of them um, obviously trying to cop a feel. Oh, come on. Um, uh, she was! I, was! I like the cut that between when Mega Man gets his outfit on because it's not really clear how much time passes. <laughs> yes, yeah, no. Like it, he could have like he could have been like, "Well, I've got to get my water stuff," and he just walks home. No, that's that's exactly what it feels like. He's like because he he isn't like, "Oh, I got to change into right." Into, we don't get a cool transformation. I think here, I'm going to press this button, and then like all oh, my fins are going to pop up. He literally he literally says, I believe he says, "Oh, I got to go get my water gear." Yeah, and it just stops. Yeah. 
and I, I think that it is right. Yeah. Like he, he then backtracks back to the car or to the helicopter, opens up the case in the helicopter, pulls his stuff out, make sure it's, make sure it's clean, make, blows water out of the snorkel, you know, goes back through all the rides. Well, first he has to get through security. <laughs> He's got to go through the turnstile and they're going to be like, through security. what's, what's that harpoon? That's setting off our metal detector, and he's like, "Oh, this is a big toothpick." Oh, he's and, like, "Oh, I'm I'm a robot," and they're like, "Oh shit! Well, we gotta we gotta get security over. We gotta pat you down. Do you submit right. or pat down since you're a robot?" And then like they start like taking him apart to look at all the crevices to make sure he's not bringing any dope into the park because there are kids there, you know. <laughs> and also because he's dressed like a fucking imbecile. The water <laughs> the water outfit is not yeah. flattering. Oh, no. it's like a it's like a B movie fish man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, l- like literally, he has a fin on his head for absolutely no reason. I mean, unless that's supposed to help him steer underwater. Like, that is, it's so bizarre. And and I he know. also he also got flippers, but he doesn't actually use the flippers at all. He's like propelled <laughs> by using an underwater jetpack. So why the flippers? They look cool. <laughs> oh, do they? No, they look terrible. <laughs> the whole thing is silly. Anyway, he goes underwater. Yeah, the the whole point is he's trying to get to the island undetected. Yeah, the, he he spends a long time worrying about it being undetected, and then the first fucking thing he does underwater is trip a light tripwire. An underwater light tripwire. Yes, yep. an underwater light tripwire. Infamously accurate uh, underwater lasers. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Wiley unleashes a robot sea serpent. Cut man to commercial. The sea serpent doesn't really look like a robot at all. It looks like it actually looks like a xenomorph. Well, the important part is we see that Mega Mega Man actually has broken out his mega weapon, his most powerful, best weapon that defeats any of the bad guys. Harpoon. Harpoons with rope. But but yeah, our, our our heroes see this monster from their boat and are impressed by how cool it looks. Forgetting to pretend yeah. to be scared so that they have an excuse to snuggle closer together. <laughs> um and Roll and uh Dr. Lightman see that uh Mega Man's been found out, so uh Rush turns into a a, a wave racer and they get on yeah. him to go help. Yeah, they, they, they rush into battle so that Mega Man will be forced to rescue them. Yeah, the, the seizure brain immediately grabs them with his tail and is slowly bringing them towards its mouth. And this is when Mega Man fires a harpoon through the sea serpent's face. Yes. This was kind of shocking. <laughs> yeah, it was surprisingly <laughs> gruesome. <laughs> like, wow. That's, that's, cheek to cheek. That's what I'm saying. It's the most powerful weapon, the harpoon. Yeah, th- with the rope attached to it, which Mega Man, like, drags the serpent away by its face <laughs> and smashes it into rocks underwater yes yeah. yeah and after decapitating in the monster the Mega Man gang hides inside the head and for some reason dr wiley now only has surveillance cameras above the water line yes and yes. he uh and he, and he just sees the the serpent and he's like serpent but no Mega Man. perfect everything's great yep, yep. i assume there will never be a problem again my mortal enemy has obviously been destroyed. I need no confirmation. Huzzah. Actually, what's the bad guy version of Huzzah? 
Evil Zar. Evil Zar. Evil Zar. Evil I'm pretty sure that's like a possessed lasagna, isn't it? Evil Zar. I think it's a calzone. Oh. Oh. A calzone is basically an evil pizza. So they had they they paddled the head to a sewer pipe and noticed that the souvenir ring the doctor light can't wear is glowing. <laughs> yes. Paddled paddle the head. Yeah. Uh yes. And Dr. Light puts it together very quickly. Apropos of nothing, really, right? And really like gets a very complete understanding of how it functions cuz yeah. he's able to point out like, "Oh, there's the transmitter, and if you just take that out, then all of our problems are are over." Now, our heroes have gotten into a two-person cab to ride through the dark haunted castle ride. Mhm. Mm-hmm. The creepiest part of this ride is the cab behind them where Gutsman is riding with a small boy. In his lap. He's riding yeah. with a small boy in his lap. Then yeah. he's forced to wear a ring. I'm gonna put you in my kangaroo pouch. Yeah. They don't they, they they don't they don't say it, but off camera they're like, time to put your ring on. And he also kind the kid also kinda looks like he's wearing pajamas. Yeah. Gutsman's going to a shotgun wedding. <laughs> A loudspeaker start broadcasting a brainwashing message that only affects people wearing the souvenir rings. Yes. And they also have to be, like, zapped by some sort of purple energy. Mm-hmm. That's coming sure. from the transmitter. The Mega Man gang has sneaked in and sees our heroes and the boy after they've changed into Greg jumpsuits, putting on armored plating. Or padding. The boy. Putting on armored plating. Padding. Plating. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they go through like an assembly line that puts the armor on them. Yeah. And the helmet is designed to push down your eyebrows in the center of your face to give you a lean. <laughs> <laughs> that totally happens. Every time the helmet goes on to one of them, the animation just makes them scowl immediately. Because nice. <laughs> they all have that peak in the middle like Mega Man. And yep. Dr. Light is delighted by the idea that people can be programmed like machines. Yes. He doesn't seem upset about it at all. He seems very like, oh, this is exactly what he's doing. Yeah, he's more like intrigued, like the scientific curiosity's peaked. Right. He's like, fuck, why didn't I think of this? I fucking built robots like a dummy. Yeah. Yeah, This will be be much faster than replacing the people of my life with robots. (laughs) 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 Turn the people of my life into robots. So Dr. Wiley picks up a ring is not being warned alert and sees yeah. that yeah. And, and, and sees the Mega Man gang on his cameras. So yep. he orders all the cosplayers to seek and destroy. Despite the fact that he knows exactly where they it's, are and can it's just direct cosplayers. them there. It's, it's cause cos It's cause cos players. No, it's cause cos players. Cause it's cause players. No, no, it's cos cause players <laughs> how do you know with a z because it has its roots in uh bee biology there's a particular <laughs> dance that bees do <laughs> to try to fool and mimic other yeah, yeah. beehives when they come around mm-hmm. so that's the reason why it's cause players because it's costume but it's also bee behavior so it's cause players everybody knows this i do i knew it. i knew it i just was testing whether or not you knew it <laughs> So Mega Man charges out screaming, I'm here to cancel all you meatbags who think it's okay to wear robot face. Mm-hmm. 
as well he should yes yes really these these human these human robots are going to take all the robots jobs well they already have i mean they've already started working for wiley so it seems like significantly cheaper to make all these slave humans than it would be to make a bunch of robots there is that one scene where Derek says, uh, you can't trust any bots around here, except for you, Mega Man, which yeah. is very, like, that, very that, condescending. Well, and that was one of the reasons in the beginning I said that Derek was obviously racist towards robots, because that was, uh, that, yeah, it really, it really kind of felt a little bit triggering, like it could be triggering towards a robot. Because if you also notice, after he said that, Mega Man said nothing. Like, he didn't acknowledge it, he didn't actually, like, say, like, you know, what's up? What the fuck, Derek? He didn't say that. He just like tried to ignore the behavior entirely. Yeah, I mean, Derek is definitely like it's a real immigration uh, kind of scenario for Derek, where he's afraid that even if our culture can assimilate these these immigrant robots, that it it's going to change us. You know, it'll make us into robots. The only thing we can do is build a wall, build a wall that robots can't get over. Now, um. I would like to explore this idea a little bit more, David, about robot racism. What would that be called? Like sapientism or... You know, if Futurama could have come up with a word for it, we're not going to. <laughs> Are you saying that we're dumber than professional comedy, than successful and amazing professional comedy writers that went to Ivy schools, Ivy League schools? And who yes. are so intelligent they're able to yeah, invent math jokes that's and accurate. everything they're right? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I would yeah. back you up with that. Are you telling me that the two hours that I spend watching Mega Man is not going to equate to a lifetime of education or comedy? No, it does. Oh, it, oh, it does. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna okay, get. Okay. You're gonna get a, a, a diploma from Harvard here. <laughs> it's in the mail. Uh, I'm gonna be invited to write on the John Oliver show here. Pretty yes, because yeah. you're gonna get a degree in Mega Manomics. So, once again. Mega Man is faced with Gutsman. Gutsman. Oh, is this still going? Jesus. Gutsman hates Mega Man. <laughs> they have a fight. Mega Man wins. Yep. Mega Man. <laughs> it's true. At this point, Mega Man has, has used his final harpoon in his fight against uh, Gutsman. Because Gutsman catches the harpoon, bends it into a U-shape, and throws it back at Mega Man saying, you almost hit me, but almost only counts in horseshoes. It throws the U-shaped harpoon back at Mega Man. Now, the actual saying is almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. But I'm assuming the censors would not allow them to say hand grenades in a cartoon. Despite the fact that at the beginning of the episode, Mega Man showed us the effect of hand grenades... By blowing when up a bridge. Use, yeah. And also, despite the fact that we've seen multiple people get murdered in the background of this child's program. It's cost of doing business. Yep. Well, in the U.S. I mean, this is America. <laughs> Dr. Light points out the giant mind control antenna, and Mega Man destroys it, freeing people from mind control. Yep. This was a parrot... Apparently a load-bearing radio antenna because the whole castle begins to shake and crumble. <laughs> yeah. Also, these fucking stupid humans, like, they're wearing body armor and, and carrying guns, and they all just throw it all on the ground. Yeah. 
Well, that lets them run away faster. I like mean, they're getting on boats. They need to be concerned about weight. Oh, I see. Yes, because because they all run out wearing the armor, get all the boats, and then slowly start to strip on the boat. And I just assume <laughs> that this is like a uninhibited society. Like the natural tendency is once you get out on into the water, that's when the orgy starts, and they just like started taking the clothes off automatically, and then they're like, "Oh wait, wait, this is the bad guy armor. I got to put this away." Uh, or, or maybe they realize that this is, you know, like they realize this is terrible, terrible cu- cultural appropriation. And they're like, I, mm. I hope no one sees. Gotcha. I got to take it off. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. I or... was going to run for Senate next week. Fuck. <laughs> I hope nobody took any photos <laughs> of that. <laughs> or like they're like, ah, it fucking stinks like robots in this stuff. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, like Jesus. that son of a bitch. Willie made me think I was a robot. I haven't bathed in three weeks. Oh, my God. This thing is more human jelly than it is armor. So the boy is reunited with his parents. And we go to the end song, which contains the lyric, Wake me when it's over. That is, uh... Mm-hmm. That is, that is bad design on, on someone's part. The end oh song God. was kind of good. The end song, I was like, this isn't too bad. Do you think that the um, the commentary from the song, the Wake Me When This Is Over, means that everybody had my same experience with this cartoon and just kept falling asleep while they were watching it? I think well, I fell asleep too. Well, it's not a good idea to invite that comparison. Okay, yeah. They should have should, should have been a bit more savvy in their selection right. of songs yeah yeah they should have like they should have gone with the classic lyrics you liked this this is a good cartoon <laughs> and like like rhymed rad with bad and uh mm-hmm. human race with uh in your face you know something like that mm-hmm. and made a made a bunch of video game puns yeah 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 they should have tied it a little bit more closely to the video game but I think the important thing is that this does hold up with my childhood theory of all video game cartoons are garbage. And movies. Um, Yeah. I I do think, like, compared to Captain Inn, this felt like a Mega Man cartoon. No, no. Okay. It felt a little more true to the source material than than (laughs) A little? Yeah. (laughs) Like it actually uses characters from the source material? Yeah, exactly. And, And, you know, Wily was actually like a human... Uh, robot creating mad scientist and not like a sea slug with a lisp or something like that. True. And all the bad guys were characters from the game. Yeah. yeah. Well, what were they? Or did they make extra ones for this series? There was like six Mega Man games. Yeah, there's hundreds like just of on, dudes. Yeah. Just on I know, Nintendo. I know a, so lot there was... had, had, a lot of them had their own villains in them as well so yeah they have a wide pool of villains to draw from to, to populate the characters of this cartoon yeah but but they went with guts and hard man they went with hard guts they're like hard okay who, who can we who can we make the most puns with Ooh, ring man and cut man yes yes who can we make the most sexual innuendos with oh uh hard man and guts man yeah yeah. yeah. With Drill Man coming in a close third. Yeah. 
in Vagina Man coming in last. <laughs> oh, that's sad for <laughs> Vagina Man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Vagina Man should come first all the time. That's that's just how I, how I play things. That's how, how Jesus. I play, so. Are you afraid your wife is listening? Man. Oh, no. No, no. <laughs> nope nope i mean i tried to blink out in morse code our safe word but mm-hmm. i can't remember morse code and also i have sand in my eyes that's probably your safe word <laughs> sand in my eyes rapid bring, rapid blinking uh-huh. well uh first question gentlemen um did either of you guys watch this when you were kids no no didn't Neither even know it existed. Same here. Yeah. Did not know it existed. I think it was a little after my time. And I wasn't that interested in Mega Man, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. I never really got into the games. I, I th- Because I, I, you know, I didn't have video games growing up, a game system growing up, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I never really got into those games. And I never was good enough at the time to like to play them really mm-hmm. anyway this was a boring a fairly boring episode although it, there was a lot of action there was a lot of different scenes as david uh pointed out earlier there there's there it like moves a lot but it yeah. still manages to feel pretty boring yeah there's a lot of puns there's a ton of puns in it there was yeah a, and there's a shitload of sexual innuendo like there was a lot of like weird there, there are a lot of weird things in there that you could like easily make a sex joke out of, constantly throughout the entire thing, like really from jump. I don't really know if it was an intentional or not. I mean, yeah. it could have been a language barrier thing, but I can't imagine that the writer. I mean, yeah, that the writers didn't didn't get hard man as a sex joke. Yeah, yeah. Would you let your kid watch this show? Probably not, but I found it less offensive than a lot of the things we've watched. Um, but yes, the female characters do not come off well, so probably not. Aside from that, it's also just, it's dumb. Like, you put a kid in front of this, they're going to lose brain cells, to be perfectly honest. I sort of came around to some of the puns. I was enjoying no, them. I, I like the puns too. I was enjoying some of it for that fact, but as far as storytelling goes, it's nonsense. No, it's garbage. It's like... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's in order. It's in a linear order, but it's like A to F to O... P to Z, you know it's not. Oh, I don't think that's true. I think it's very much A to B to C to D. I think it's very like linear and like in the same way that you have to go through every ride at the amusement no, park. I'm, I'm saying it is linear, but it's like missing beats in that linear explanation. Like there's like, okay, suddenly this is happening. Suddenly this is happening. There's no real explanation, but this is happening. It's also super banal in that as well. Like it's just like. Oh, we have to hit this beat, so we're hitting this beat. But there's nothing like to it. There's no substance. I, I think it's just meaningless. Like, yeah. what's the difference between like a fundamental difference between the fight between Ringman and the fight between Gutsman and Cutman? Like, it's just another delaying tactic. We don't learn anything. Nothing yeah. is revealed to us. the The plot doesn't thicken anyway. And then you get that another two or three more times. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you want? Do you want deeper meaning from this cartoon? Yes. I, I, I would like to have... So going back to our... Okay. Potato okay. versus belt analogy. 
this is like French fries. I want potatoes au gratin. All right. Mm-hmm. Does that so, mean from your butthole? <laughs> so, so let's explore the deeper me, the deeper metaphors in this cartoon. <laughs> if you notice in the last scene, the kid's mother is actually one of our two heroes. She has the same haircut. She has no, the same earrings. No, she isn't. She's still wearing her outfit, though. She's yeah. like in the on the boat. She's still dressed as a robot. She likes she she takes off the playing. helmet. She takes off the helmet, but she does not take off the armor. Yeah. So she yeah, regains she, her individuality, yeah, still, but she recognizes the the um, value superior. of that set of armor. Yeah. Or she's really trying to insult robots. Well, no, because the the point is like after they get mind washed, you see the kid with two adults. Yes. And there's no reason that as robots they would gravitate towards each other. So so what it was is oh, Dr. Okay. Wiley was basically sticking a kid into a family unit. <laughs> and he just picked two people at random. Okay. And when the robot uh control wore off, the brainwashing was still there. Okay. So he like basically like he created okay. fa- he created family units. So he's or engineered family unions. And, and that's so, basically just because the kid was underage. So the kid is now the kid is now third of three. So if he had the parents there, he could get different sag rates for, for the kid. He could like shoot after five p.m. But I'm, I'm going back and looking at the animation for, of our heroes, and you're right, except for with helmet hair. Yeah, this looks like a happy ending, but when they try to go home, there's going to be three people trying to go to three different houses. What? Yeah. Yeah, um, it, that's interesting. God damn, this is actually part of my one one universe theory. No, 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 <laughs> I like it. Well, we're, we're kind of transitioning there anyway, right? So, you see, the deeper metaphor is this is all about an old white man who took people to an isolated island for reprogramming because they didn't share his values and belief system. They were marrying the wrong people, and now he can create pure couples. And families the way that God intended. I like this theory, David. I like this a lot. So Dr. Wiley has brainwashed everybody to pair up or to create their own little family groups to some greater end. To create traditional family groups. Create mm-hmm. traditional Nuclear families. families. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So mm-hmm. he, he needed to break up the, the very nice, caring couple that came to visit his park because they did not fit in with his particular norms. And it's his hope that this will stick. I don't know. He's a homophobe. Getting a very, like, Borg feeling about this as well. Like, he's assimilating all of these family units. In that that avenue, um, David, was this plan designed to fail? And that's why he he didn't have his base set up under a petting zoo the way he should have? (laughs) Well, you know, we're the ones who figured that out. Yeah, but... He must have known. He would have known that he that it wouldn't succeed unless he was under a petting zoo. So <laughs> obviously, he this whole plan was designed to fail. Like he wanted to fail the Mega Man so that these family units would be released into the wild. Well, all of the animals are now robots, so petting zoos aren't really that uh... exciting, <laughs> risque, <laughs> Ris- uh, <laughs> risque petting zoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
that sounds wonderful. <laughs> Where you run up to the lava and you're like, spit in my mouth. <laughs> I've been a bad, bad boy. Halo ram, uh, <laughs> ram my butt. <laughs> That's the dumbest joke. <laughs> yeah. Ram my butt. <laughs> yeah. And you're always getting the giraffe to eat your ass because of how long his tongue is. <laughs> Also, it's a whole domination thing. You're forced to get the bend over to lift your ass. So. <laughs> no, man, they just have a stand. You just go by on the stand. Oh, you you walk up the stands. Yeah, there's like a walkway. So like like you're hanging out inside the tree as the giraffe's eating leaves, forcing it to lift your butthole. Yeah, the giraffe's like coming out again, just pulling back. Like, oh, that's the worst tasting yeah. leaf I've ever had. It's like it's, it's it's like a medieval toilet where you just like there's a room that all drops off the outside of the castle and you just sit there and holy crap. Don't even get us started on the duck penises. Now I have to use that uh, image from Jabberwocky's thumb. <laughs> David, oh, what God. is our next segment? Now we're doing one universe theory. Let's continue with this. Uh, okay, okay, let's get okay, into it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So when they realize that Dr. Wiley's erased all of their personal connections, the boy returns to the island to try to find his original personality data so that he can rebuild the brainwave device and restore himself. Whoa. Okay. But something goes wrong, and he's digitized into the Captain N world. Oh. Oh, you think he is Captain N? No, I think he's the green Mega Man. <gasps> oh, snap. Oh, my God. A twist. <laughs> because he's wearing the green, me, 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 green yep. Mega Man armor already. Yeah. yeah. And he has kind of been hit in the head a couple times. So he's like. And he like, doesn't, he doesn't really. Yeah. yeah. So he doesn't really know what Mega Man does anyway. And he gets been hit in the head. So like he does go like Mega Mega. Mega. Mega Man. Mega Mega. People uh, saw what Synergy was becoming, and they tried to stop her by creating the Captain N world, which would hold Synergy and make her forget that there was an outside world. But for the virtual world to contain Void, it has to use the resources from multiple systems, which is why there are cracks in it that other people can get trapped inside this world. Okay. Interesting. And the way that the system makes you forget the outside world is why the boy becomes the Green Mega Man. I was thinking that this took place on a generation ship before they started the uh, human-animal hybrid programs. It did. Just the state, just because of the state of the technology and like the level of progression of the society, they were, you know, like it's near future, and they have robots, but they've lost all animals, and like it's clear the society is very sick. Well, well, yeah, I'd say that this cartoon is like the missing link between Heathcliff and the Samurai Pizza Cats. <laughs> it's, take, okay. it's taking place on the garbage scow. Gotcha. Oh, wait. okay, wait. So, wait, you think this is taking place on the garbage scow? Not on, not on the generation ship, on the garbage scow. That's being towed by the generation ship. The giant, right. the giant massive garbage scow that has a ton of resources attached to it, like a destroyer ship. Because we saw that in the background of the Heathcliff, of uh, Riff Raff's uh, 
uh, junkyard and like aircraft and like various other large vessels that could be recycled for components to be added to the generational ship. So this is between Heathcliff and Samurai Pizza Cats, where people have started to experiment a little bit more with robotics and have been yeah. creating robot animals and then robot humans. I can definitely see the relationship between Samurai Pizza Cats and the robot world of Mega Man for sure. Yeah. But I was I was thinking so I was thinking that the generation shift itself because you remember when we saw um cops. Mm-hmm. Yes. I th- I was thinking that the generation shift itself is like divided into these different cities, like these different um sub cities like nodes, right? Um and so you cops like Empire cops City. is one Empire City was one yeah. of them where cops one of place. them and I think this is another one. So this is contemporaneous with cops because the level of technology is, you know, vaguely similar. Although cops seems a little behind. So you think this takes place in twenty twenty? Mm, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, I do. so so six years after the generational shift has taken off. Uh, yeah, like early in the generation ships um, yeah. travels. Because we haven't gotten to the human-animal hybrids yet. When did we determine that Captain Inn occurs? Because this happens before Captain Inn. Captain Inn happened on True Earth. No. No, no. Captain Inn, on... it happened on a generational ship. You think Captain Inn yeah. is a generational ship activity? Yes, definitely. But what's, what's the end game of Dr. Wiley's part of this plot? How do the how do these um, eugenically designed humans, his plan for eugenically designed superhumans, how does this play in? Did they did they participate in the Civil War, David? Well, I think if we carry this to forward to uh, Samurai Pizza Cats, there aren't any more humans left on the garbage scow. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. everyone's been replaced by robots. Yes. Hmm. So it was his animal he, robots, no less. Well, well, I think the animal parts are, it's like you said, the scientists came and gathered up all of the intelligent animals that were living there and took them back for study. And then that's why they had to replace them with robots. So the humans uh, that were left on the okay, garbage scale, the humans that were left on the garbage scale were replaced them with robots in order to have pets or something, some, some type of semblance of quote-unquote normal, so they had animals around. Oh, I like this. I like this storyline where, like, the beginning of our storyline is the society at the point of Mega Man, and eventually everyone is replaced with human and animal robots, and we end up in yeah, and we end up in um, uh, Samurai Pizza Cats territory. Save for the Samurai Pizza Cats themselves, which are actual cat-human hybrids that just wear power armor. That have come back to the garbage scale to like live out some sort of. I thought they were robots too. Fantasy. When, when we did play. When we did the um, when we did the one universe for Samurai Pizza Cats, I think it was just David and I and everybody else left, and we said <laughs> that the Pizza Cats were real cats, and everybody, oh, else, everybody else was robots. So. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> No, it was on us because we got to the One Universe Theory and David was like, no, no, we got it. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bored. Let's let's wrap the shit up. Did, well, uh, did anyone we... else have something for the One Universe Theory? 
No, when, I think no, we killed actually, it. I, yeah, I think this one's dead. <laughs> I, I have I have nothing, but I just just to get clarification though. So you're saying that this is happening in the real space. Um, the kid, Ooh. the kid, this is taking in the real space on the Darby Scout. The kid gets brainwashed. And gets in because of what he's doing on the garbage skull here, he gets zapped into Captain Into the game. He gets zapped into the virtual world of Captain. Yeah, he tries to unbrainwash himself and accidentally gets digitized. Okay. Okay. All right. I like this. I like this. David, I think we can make this work. David, I like you. It's all one theory, (laughs) it's all coming together. All right. So, should we keep the show on the list? That's I'm going to go with yes. I'm going to go with yes. I'm, oh, kind of, yeah. I'm kind of leaning towards yes, too. I yeah, hate definitely. it, but I'm kind of leaning towards yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there's more here. Yeah, it's such garbage. The fact that it is actually trying to be somewhat true to a source material is heartening to a certain extent. And it's just, it's insane. It's insanely crazy. I feel like if I was play, paying closer attention, I probably could have written up like 20 pages of notes for this episode alone, given like how how strange it is put together and all the puns and all the weird things that can be taken out of context. Yeah. I mean, they had me when they put Cutman into a, the kangaroo pouch and he popped out. He says, <laughs> no. Cutman is here too. <laughs> no, I think they, they got me when they, when they ripped the tail off the kangaroo thing and Literally, Mega Man was like, I know that ass anywhere. Gutman, yeah. get out here. The only thing that would have made that even better was if like Gutsman was like kind of sheepish when he came out. I was like, yeah, it's me. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I, I thought you ass. wouldn't I notice because I, I just got my ass reamed out by that giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> have you been to the rim job giraffe yet? It's mm. exhilarating. <laughs> have you been to the rim traps? Yeah, cut that last bit, David. Oh no, keep it in. Oh, she cut out cut out all of all of the giraffe references. Nope, keep them. Just bleep the word giraffe. Like, yeah. Bleep like the second half of the word giraffe. <laughs> yeah. No, that was that was a brilliant one universe theory. I, I like as I was watching this, I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna turn this into it. Man, I saw the green mega man, like I know where this is going. Immediately connected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. I mean, it's an, uh, yeah. I think it's a brilliantly obvious association, David. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So tell me what show index 135 is. Ooh. Okay. Let's pull this shit up. Ernest goes to camp. No, That's uh, not true. 135. Uh, oh, this isn't even in order. Wait, are we, we're going down, right? Or the next highest. Next highest. Okay. One thirty-five. Ducktales. Mike's gonna be so pissed. One thirty-five. Row forty-eight. Uh oh yeah shit I was looking at the episode number yep. I'm right. super Damn. excited. I'm this super excited cool. about that. Oh is yeah. is Derek or Mike up for this? Like are they gonna actually be able to? Get anything They're not here. here. Fuck. Yes. Mike is going to be pissed. Uh, you think Mike wanted it? I don't think Mike ever wants it. <laughs> Are you kidding me? If you know how many times Mike has gone on about DuckTales on this podcast? Oh, I thought he was talking about some sex thing. 
well, maybe it has to do with like his favorite cosplayer, but I'm not sure. Is there a redhead duck? Yes, I think there is. <laughs> 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 and David, who who gets to have this episode? Wow, we're uh, giving this to Adam. <gasps> Adam! Excellent. 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 Perfect. So it's number 88 from DuckTales? Yeah. I really hope that it's one of the ones with uh, the... Uh, what's the name of the Iron Man character in DuckTales? Gizmo Duck. Gizmo, Gizmo Duck? Is it, is it actually Gizmo Duck? I was going to say Gizmo, but... Yeah, this this is a late episode, so I would expect there to be Gizmo Duck and Darkwing. the Cave Duck. Oh, I hate the Cave Duck. But next time, we'll be doing Ghostbusters. And not the good Ghostbusters. The not bad the Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yep. Yeah, not yep. the real Ghostbusters. The original Ghostbusters. The fake ghost. The fake real Ghostbusters. So it looks like DuckTales 88 is Yuppie Ducks. Yuppie Ducks. Well, I'm excited to say the least. So yeah, next week, he went right away from Ghostbusters, the fake Ghostbusters. And I'll be the Sumerian for that one. Mm. But we're going to take a little bit of, break, of a break before that, right? Because it looks like Ghost- we're going to take next week off. We've got a real run here. Ghostbusters, Pride of the X-Men, and DuckTales. I, I feel like we have a lot of yeah. episodes coming out. I, I think so, too. I think these are going to be good. I'm going to like all of these. Sure, I'm that's what makes a good far. episode. Would we like the cartoon? <laughs> no, 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 no. Not that, it, not that I like the cartoon. I'm going to like these episodes that we come up with, because we're going to be looking at stuff that people know pretty well, and we're going to be like, oh, yeah. You remember when Scrooge McDuck had sex with a rock? Or something like that. All right, gentlemen. It has been a pointless waste of time, and I've loved every second of it. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I've been Matt. And, uh, I've been brainwashed to believe I'm David. And the I great David. have and always will be your Adam. My Adam? Your Adam. Amazingly Terrible is produced by David Holmes. Send your emails to monotonously terrific at amazinglyterrible.com. Music by Josh Woodward. Because my laughter at your stupid dick and fart jokes is causing the door to shake to the room. <laughs> and when the door shakes, it freaks out the dogs, and they're trying to get in here to make sure daddy's not being killed, so... <laughs> <laughs>